Welcome back in everyone to a fabulous new Whisper in the Wings from Stage Whisper. We are excited to be bringing you a brand new show debuting here in New York. And joining us to talk to us about this show, we have the producer, playwright, and performer Patricia Lynn, whose show The Maid and the Mesmerizer is playing February 29th through March 16th at the Jeffrey and Paula Girl Theater at ART New York Theaters. You can get your tickets and more information by visiting maidandmesmerizer.com. This is a very, very fun show. You will not want to miss, especially if you're a fan of the Bronte sisters, Mm -hmm. all my Jane Austen fans out there. So let's go ahead and dive into this. And the perfect person to tell us all the wonderful things about this show is our guest. So Patricia, welcome to Whisper Stage Whisper. Hello. It's so good to be here. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to have you here. I'm so excited to dive into the show. The title alone, I, I love, Made and the Mesmerizer. I kept writing it like in my head. I was like, Made and the Mesmerizer. I was like, that's not right. That's not right. Mesmerizer feels better. That's that's enticing. So why don't we start by having you tell us a bit about what this show is about? Yeah, so the, it, the Made and the Mesmerizer, it's the story of a romance between a stage hypnotist and his onstage assistant. So he is the great mesmerizer. He used to be a hypnotherapist who has now become a stage hypnotist. And he's persuaded reluctantly to hire an actress to be the onstage assistant in order to spice up his show. So he meets this woman. It is a two-hander play. So it's just the two characters, the entire show. And they set the rules that they will not fall in love. Spoiler alert things happen. And so the play kind of follows their entire relationship and then also brings up some big questions about what is love, what is intimacy, how to be safe when you're in love, and how to be safe when within sexual relationships. And also kind of the big question the play asks is what is consent? And does consent happen between these two people every time they are together? I love that that is a powerful powerful message to be delivering Mm -hmm. so i'm curious to know how did you come up with this story like come up with the idea for the show so the initial idea actually came i'm allergic to penicillin and i learned that the hard way and i had like a fever for a week and i had really weird dreams about hypnotism which i blame it on the fever so i started looking into hypnotism And what are the rules of hypnotism? What are the boundaries within hypnotism? And it's fascinating for those who don't know anything about it. I certainly didn't. And then I kind of came up with this idea of a romance between a hypnotist and the person he hypnotizes all the time and what, how that changes their relationship. And then as a writer, I like to call myself a Gothic feminist meaning that I'm heavily inspired by gothic pieces like Jane Eyre or Dracula, Weathering Heights. So kind of pulling in those influences while also talking about, you know, 21st century themes, big questions about safety that women have to deal with from day to day. 
That is a wonderful journey. And I'm so sorry to hear that you had to go through that with the penicillin. That's you, you have, you out. always have to learn. Yeah, exactly. It's like, you have to learn that the hard way where it's like, oh, by the way, here's some amoxicillin that is going to make everything worse. <laughs> right. But at least I got a play out of it. So there you go. There you go. Turning tragedy into art. That's the way we it's, like it. That's, that's, <laughs> that's the artist way. Exactly. So as we are beginning to get closer to the opening of the show, what has it been like developing this piece? Well, it's been a wonderful journey. We, I started writing it in 2019. So it's been a while. And then obviously we had a whole pandemic that got in the way. And then probably last year is when we really started working on it more in depth and bringing on a director who's also an intimacy director, which was very important to the piece to kind of navigate all the intimacy and the trauma within it. And then we did a couple workshop performances for an invited audience around this time last year and got audience feedback. And then I went away and didn't talk to people for two months and completely rewrote parts of it. And then we started workshopping again in the fall. And so now we kind of feel it's time to share it with a broader audience and uh, see how it lands on y'all. That is so cool. I love that. <laughs> now, I just want to make sure I, I've got my ducks in a row. This is the world premiere of the piece, right? Correct. It is. Have there been any other workshops or readings or anything of it beforehand? Just the one we, well, there was a in-house reading of it back in 2022 with a production company in Philadelphia called Elephant Room Productions that they kind of did a closed reading. And then I got the recording of it, of the reading itself, and then the walkback that happened afterwards. So that was very useful. And then we did a workshop last year for just like a small 20 person invited audience and then use that audience feedback to kind of land on the script for the world premiere. Amazing. Now you've kind of touched on a lot of the themes and 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 ideas that you're you're addressing in the show, boundary, mm -hmm. consent, things like that. Is there a, a message, a fine pointed message or, or thought you're hoping the audiences take away from the show? Yeah, I think it's, and like you said, a lot of those big words like boundaries, consent, they are words that we hear a lot, but may not, it may not always resonate a lot. And so it is like, especially with two people who are in love and who have like committed to each other. So it is like, how, how do you navigate those conversations when you are in love with the person? Because most of the plays I've seen that deal with this topic are, focus more on people who two people where this happens where they don't know each other as well. So this is like two people who have fallen pretty deeply in love with each other. And so how do you go about that conversation and kind of those big Bronte sisters questions that you see in those novels of can love conquer all? So I still love this person, even if I do have questions about boundaries and safety and consent, where do I go from here? That is a wonderful question, wonderful idea and thought to be to be asking overall. So I love that. Finally, for this first part, who do you hope have access to the maid and the mesmerizer? That's such a great question. I'm glad you include questions like that. I think for me, because this play deals with kind of big questions and topics 
about safety and consent and intimacy and sex and love, all of which questions are exciting, but also can be a little scary. And there can, like, I'll admit it, sometimes I just want to go see Dracula comedy of terrors, you know, because I love that show. That show was great. And it was so much fun. And so I want to just, I hope this, we can give access to people who may be a little trepidatious about walking into a show that deals with topics like this and kind of encourage them. This does tell this an entire love story. So there is joy, there is love, there is all kinds of emotions happening in this story. And also we are being mindful of the impact this story could have on people and providing resources for folks after the show, you know, avenues they can reach out to if they feel they want to learn more information. We're also having an impact night where all ticket sales will go to the school's consent project which focuses on educating uh, high school students about what is consent. So before they are sexually active to help education being a key tool and making sure this issue is being talked about and addressed up, up front. So we are honored to be able to, you know, be donating ticket sales to them and providing information to all the great work they do as well. So I would love for this show to be access to people who want to like dive into a topic like this, but may also be a little hesitant or a little trepidatious about, oh, is that going to be a 90 minute really intense piece of theater bringing up big questions? And yes, but I also want to encourage there are other things to sink your teeth into as well and resources we can provide to help, you know, is our goal as producers, playwrights and artists. of our interview we love letting our listeners get to know our guests pull the curtain back if you will and i'm <laughs> i'm so excited to to continue to get to know you and and i want to start with our regular first question which is what or who inspires you what playwrights composers or shows have inspired you in the past or just some of your favorites probably the most inspirational piece of theater i've seen i don't know if you saw it when it was here it was a while ago it was brief encounter by emma rice it was at roundabout i saw it four times no joke i went four times and what uh, she did is she took this noel coward film and she made it into a theatrical event that and it is very much a tragic love story kind of my thing and and how she uses theatricality and music within the storytelling is something I'm very interested in. I love embracing that we are in a theater, that, you know, I, I there are certainly shows that I love that have kitchen sink realism. Like for me as an artist, I love leaning into what is abstracted, what is blown completely out of proportion and theatricalized in a way that makes me feel all the feelings. I love visceral theater. So Emma Rice, that show kind of blew my mind in that respect. So it's a show I saw probably over 10 years ago that I still think about all the time. I love that. Sadly, I did not get to see that show. <sighs> I heard great, great things about that. So that's a wonderful inspiration to have. <laughs> well, I would love to ask now, what is your favorite part about working in the theater? 
I love the collabor the collaboration that can happen within theater. You know, I started as an actor and then, but my training is in like all areas of theater. And then, you know, last five years is when I really started pivoting to writing. So I, and a lot of writing is sitting alone in the dark at 1am, like beating your head against the wall, being like, I can't fix this scene. And if you can't fix the scene, you bring it in and you have your actors read it and you have your director listen to it and you find it together. You know, the last scene of the play, we, I came in rehearsal last week and was just like, guys, I just don't think this is working. I think this one moment needs to be cut. And they were like, well, let's try it. And, or what if it's this? So you, I love storytelling that you find together. And so much of writing is a solitary action. So like having that outlet when you're trying to like tell this story that's kind of burning in your heart and you know it could be wonderful, but it's, and sometimes it's just not coming out right away. And then you having those resources and those people you can trust and go to is like my favorite part. And then you find it all together. I love that answer. <laughs> yes. We have now arrived at my favorite question to ask guests. And that is, of course, what is your favorite theater memory? I mean, I, I'm not going to lie. I still remember fifth grade, the first play I was ever in. I got a pie thrown in my face. I played Queen Groucho. And it was, uh, I ruled the planet Minas. And then this girl came and had to make everyone laugh. And she made me laugh by throwing a pie in my face. And the laugh I got from the entire school of a pie being thrown in my face, not gonna lie, like that's like, nothing has topped that. Cause I think that was the moment I was like, yeah, this is where I belong. Okay, cool. Because I just love that audience laugh that went on for like a solid minute. And so whether it is, like communal laughter or whether it is, you know, that silence that can happen in a theater when an audience is just totally absorbed in what's happening or like a gasp or any kind of experience you can have when an audience is with the actors and with the story. Like that's the moment where I love theater the most. And so like, I will never, the Queen Groucho one, I still remember. And that I got to play someone named Queen Groucho is pretty cool not gonna lie that is a fantastic <laughs> memory i love 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 that <laughs> i want to see the script for this now queen groucho that's amazing it's called the planet of the perfectly awful people i don't remember who it's by but yes so it was queen groucho sir groan and lady grumble were the three <laughs> I love these names. These are yeah. The, the names were awesome. I was like, okay, like whoever did this, well played. Well, as we wrap things up, I just have two last questions for you. Starting with, yeah. do you have any other projects or productions coming down the pipeline that we might be able to plug for you? Nothing like officially, officially on the books. I have a couple scripts I'm currently developing. Well, one is another two-hander Dracula adaptation that hopefully will be, you know, hitting the airwaves or the the Broadway, off-Broadway, off-off-Broadway circuit soon. And then another original play that I'm currently working on that focuses on gaslighting 
and that impact on people, but nothing like official, official, but I have lots of irons in the fire. So I'm excited to see which one comes up next. That is fantastic. And a good lead into my final question, which is if our listeners would like more information about The Maid and The Mesmerizer or about you, maybe they'd like to reach out to you or stay in touch about all the irons in the fire. How can they do that? So for the show, The Maid and the Mesmerizer, as you mentioned at the top, maidandthemesmerizer.com. That gives full information about the show. It also does give a content warning as since we were talking about some big important themes We also have access to an email if you want to send us more specific questions about if this is the right show for you. We're happy to answer those and be a resource for you. And then if you're interested in just being me and what I do and my gothic feminism stuff, my website is patriciamlin.com. And you can find all the different projects I've been working on on there. Wonderful. Well, Patricia, thank you so, so much for taking the time to speak with me today and and sharing this wealth of information, sharing this amazing, amazing show you've created and everything else that you've, you've shared with us today. This has been such a wonderful conversation. I hope this is the first of many. So thank you so much for your time today. Thank you. It's been so nice chatting with you. Thank you so much. My guest today has been the producer, playwright, and performer, Patricia Lynn, whose upcoming show, The Maid and the Mesmerizer, is making its world premiere February 29th through March 16th at the Jeffrey and Paula Girl Theater at ART New York Theaters. Tickets and more information are available at maidandmesmerizer.com. We also have some other contact information for our guests and her show, which we will be posting on our episode description as well as on our social media posts. But make sure you head over right now to maidandmesmerizer.com. Get your tickets for this incredibly timely, powerful, important show that you need to check out. It's running February 29th through March 16th. And this show again is The Maid and the Mesmerizer. So until next time, I'm Andrew Cortez reminding you to turn off your cell phones, unwrap your candies, and keep talking about the theater. In a stage whisper. Thank you. If you like what you hear, please leave a five-star review, like, and subscribe. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at Stage Whisper Pod. And feel free to reach out to us with your comments and personal stories at stagewhisperpod at gmail.com. And be sure to check out our website for all things Stage Whisper and theater. You'll be able to find merchandise, tours, tickets, and more. Simply visit stagewhisperpod.com. Our theme song is Maniac by Jazzar. Other music on this episode provided by Jazzar and Billy Murray. You can also become a patron of our show by logging on to patreon.com slash stagewhisperpod. There you will find all the information about our backstage pass as well as our tip jar. Thank you so much for your generosity. We could not do this show without you.